You're listening to DraftKings Network. A cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast. We are presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, the former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Nobody really cares anymore. Let's be honest. You can see the helmets behind me if you're interested or the game balls. What you do care about, or at least should, is now I got a bunch of gigs in the media, do college games for CBS, NFL games for Westwood One and the Eagles. So I am very invested in watching college football and college players matriculate to the NFL. So love this show because it's really three shows in one. I say it all the time, but it's a college football podcast. It's an NFL draft, like prospect podcast. And then during the season, we'll even pick our some of the biggest college games against the spread, which is why I have the best NFL draft analyst, right? I, I would almost say football guy in the business. He's the great Emery Hunt. If you're not familiar, you need to be. He's at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football game plan on YouTube, former Division I running back for the Raging Cajuns, and he's got an unbelievable draft guide, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. I don't know a soul on this planet, which is a big planet that follows all the other leagues better than Emory Hunt, USFL, XFL, CFL, Arena. I mean, he talks about leagues I've never even heard of. It's unbelievable. I got to ask you, though, Emery, I never asked you this before. How much, like, what were your other options coming out of high school? And how much of a factor was it just being able to go play for the Raging Cajuns or saying you're a Raging Cajun? Like, that would be a big incentive for me. It's just that they got one of the coolest nicknames in all of sports. I had a couple of FCS offers or one double A at the time. And I was like, you know, I, I'll go to you at, at the time. It was still Southwestern Louisiana. Um, and when I got there, they changed to university of Louisiana at Lafayette. And it was crazy because they did a whole rebrand. Cause I love the, the throwback Cajun script logo that they had on the helmet. And I was like, Oh, this would be dope. You know, I like that uniform. Then when I get there, they had, the new logo that said Raging Cajun, I was like, oh, that's kind of uh, kind of bland. But a lot of my friends was going there that I played against in high school. I thought we was going to have the super team. Um, but this Raging Cajun was one itself is just unique. Um, it's it's a dope place. And if you saw me the other day online, like I love trolling LSU because that's the – well, now it's probably different out there in Lafayette. But when I was out there – you go to the Walmart, you go to Albertsons, you saw all sorts of LSU stuff in the stores. You the only where you only place you can get Raging Cajun stuff was at the Raging Cajun bookstore. And so it was always this, you know, hatred for LSU. So I'm glad our softball team was able to knock them out of the college football or college softball world series or playoffs and in their at their stadium and knock them out, beat them twice on the same day. But being a Raging Cajun was the best thing in the world. And I'm glad I chose there as opposed to going somewhere else. 
That is awesome. I, I saw that Baton Rouge State University is <laughs> just amazing. I love it, Emory. And I love your breakdowns of the prospects. So we take the NFL draft real seriously. Uh, we like to have a good feel for the personnel going into the NFL. Most people, after the draft, they'll do one post-draft podcast where they just kind of talk about what happened in the first round. That is ridiculous. Then they preview forever. Let's talk about who some of these teams got. Let's start with the Chicago Bears. We've already done the NFC East, the NFC South. So if you're a fan of one of those teams, it's real easy. On any podcast app or YouTube or whatever, just search College Draft Podcast and you can see what we thought of these other teams. The Bears took Darnell Wright, the tackle from Tennessee in the first round. We talked about that. Here's what I think is really interesting. Round two, they took Jervon Dexter, a D-tackle from Florida, Tyreek Stevenson, a corner from Miami, and then round three on Friday night, Zach Pickens, a D-tackle from South Carolina. Here's why I think it's interesting, Emery. I think they felt like they needed to get a tackle, offensive tackle, a right tackle in particular, because of... Justin Fields, which is why they took Darnell Wright. But the fact that they took Dexter and Pickens tells you they knew they needed D tackles, Emery, but they were not willing to pull the trigger on Jalen Carter at nine. They just, for whatever reason, they couldn't do it. They weren't going to do it. They said, nope, we'll trade with the Eagles. We'll let the Eagles take him. Too much risk for us. We'll take Wright to play right tackle, and then we'll get D tackles later. Yeah, and it's going to be fascinating to follow both Carter and these two D-tackles' career because Bears fans will use that as a comparison. Well, we could have had that guy, but we got these two guys. But it also shows you that they knew defense was the big reason why they missed the playoffs or didn't have a winning season because they couldn't stop anybody. We knew the offense could score despite their flaws up front. This offense was able to put points up on the board because of Justin Fields, but they couldn't stop anybody. So you saw a heavy-handed approach to get better defensively. I'm a big Tyreek Stevenson's fan. I think this dude is outstanding. You know, someone that has great man-to-man skills, top-tier ball skills, does everything that you want at the position. You know, and and so for me, he's a plug-and-play starter. I I believe they got a starter on day one. In my one and only mock draft I did on CBS Sports, I had him going in the first round to the Bengals. I was a big fan of what he did down at the Senior Bowl and looking at his tape both at Georgia and at Miami. He is someone that really stood out. And the fact they went both defensive interior and not on the edge, because now the question then turns, who's going to rush the passer? Because they also went D-tackle in round seven as well with Travis Bell. So there are some questions on, okay, maybe they believe in the guys they have on a roster, but they really didn't address the edge part of their defense. What do you think of Dexter and Pickens as players, Emery? What's their what's their makeup? They're, they're good rotational pieces. I think Dexter is someone that I like a little bit more than Pickens. Pickens is someone that uses his hands rather well, so he's very aggressive. If they want to get versatile, I think he could play any one of the three techniques up front on the interior. Dexter is someone I think combines that power and explosiveness off the ball that you look for, so It's going to be about these guys getting off the field on third down. A lot of that starts with winning on first down. So I think because they're able to attack the defensive interior with those two guys that are good rotational pieces, it kind of helps them out up front uh, within their front seven. 
Emery, what about uh, their two fourth-round picks, Rashawn Johnson and Tyler Scott? Both these guys got a lot of conversation before the draft. Johnson, the running back from Texas. Tyler Scott, the wide receiver from Cincinnati. Tell me what your breakdown was on these two guys. I forget. Scott is someone that can really get himself open quickly. And if you're trying to get the ball out of Justin Justin Fields' hands quickly, getting guys that can get open quickly definitely helps that when you paired it up what they did in the first round with Darnell Wright, someone that can help protect. Now you're moving the football down the field on a consistent basis. He's also getting coached by one of the best receivers coaches in football in Tyke Tober. So I'm not worried about him developing into a top-tier talent at the position. And talk about Roshan Johnson former high school quarterback, came into Texas as a quarterback, transition running back, is used to playing complementary roles, and he's going to a good backfield because you have Justin Fields who can take pressure off the run game. You pair him up with a Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman, and he is someone that doesn't need volume to be successful, so he can be a third down back because he can pass protect rather well, catch the football rather well, and you get creative inside the red zone, although you would never want to pull Justin Fields off the field, but he has that quarterback background, so you get some wildcat situations you can do inside the red zone even inside the green zone which is inside the 10 yard line all right then we got Noah Sewell in the fifth round the linebacker from Oregon yes the brother of Penny Sewell uh Terrell Smith the cornerback from Minnesota Travis Bell a D tackle from Kennesaw State and Kendall Williamson a DB from Stanford Sewell was the surprising pick in terms of how far he fell I know a lot of people were high on him going into the draft. They had him as, you know, first or second round type pick. But to get him here just says, okay, we get a guy that can, you know, be a solid two-down run stuffer, good core special teamer, and kind of helps go along with what they want to do in, in the entire draft is fortify that defensive line or the defensive front seven in terms of stopping the run. Travis Bell was a really good player at Kennesaw State. I didn't think he uh, was coming out, so I didn't have a grade on him. But going back and watching him, in preparation for this show, it was like, oh, wow, they really got a, a good player uh, coming from Kennesaw State. We know Kennesaw State runs that option. So the byproduct of that is your O-line and D-line are going to be one and the same. They're going to be able to, to get off blocks and play the run rather well, and I think that's what he does, which shows you, again, guys that can play the run. They were really uh, concerned about their run defense, so that's why the Sewell, Bell, Pickens, and Dexter pick kind of makes sense. Any undrafted guys stand out to you, Emory? There's, there's one big one, Braylon Trehan from University of Louisiana. You know, this is someone, 29 pass breakups in his career, 13 interceptions. So he has great ball skills. Also, Ross, and this is probably the best way for him to get on the field, six block kicks. So he can fill up the stat sheet. I think he has a great opportunity to make this roster as an undrafted free agent because of his special teams prowess, but also he has those ball skills that you look for. And Tyson Badgett, we talked about him before, the quarterback of Shepard. You know, he's gonna he's gonna have to beat out a Nathan Peterman, you know, to get that third quarterback spot because you have Justin Fields, you have America's quarterback, PJ Walker at, at QB2. But I think there is an opportunity for him to really compete with Peterman, beat out, beat him out, and get on that roster as a third quarterback. Um yeah, man. I mean there's a bunch, I feel like, that could be said about uh, any raging Cajun guy, but that's interesting about Badgent as well. Speaking of interesting, Emery, I've told you about this the last couple weeks. I'm obsessed with the Game Time app at this point. You live in North Jersey, so let me pull it up. I think my girl Taylor Swift will be up there 
<laughs> next weekend. So you can check her out. So here's the deal, by the way, with the game time app. They guarantee you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. And if you use the code draft, you get $20 off your first purchase. So Emery, look, I'm pulling up right now. So Taylor Swift tickets, the cheapest they have. Two million. Okay, $3,228. But here's the deal. With my code, it's only $3,208. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code DRAFT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code DRAFT for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Don't say I never did anything for you, okay? I took you $20 off that ticket. All right, Emery, let's get to the Detroit Lions. The Lions trying to build on what they did last year. Uh, we talked a lot about their first round picks, Jameer Gibbs, the running back from Alabama, and Jack Campbell, the linebacker from Iowa. But they got some really good day two picks. Friday night, Sam Laporta, the tight end from Iowa, Brian Branch, the corner from Bama, Hendon Hooker, the quarterback from Tennessee. Um, what do you think of those guys? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Laporta and Branch start. Listen, first of all, selfishly, I, I have the, the Lions have an A++ in my draft because they took my number one running back in Jameer Gibbs, my number five inside linebacker in Jack Campbell, my number one uh, H-back in Sam LaPorter, my number one slot corner in Brian Branch. Did they buy the draft guy? Did, did the Lions buy the draft guy? Because they did a great job there. Hidden Hooker was my number six uh, QB. So I love what they did, man. And in all seriousness, when you think about someone like Brian Branch, just a coach on the field, an extension, great football awareness, ball instincts, football IQ. He is always in the right spot. I don't care how he tests it. He plays faster than however he tested because he's always instinctual and always able to find the football. You think about someone like Laporta, great on the move, catch and move guy, kind of like what we saw last year with the Broncos and, and Greg Dulcich. I think he could have that type of impact uh, for Detroit within this offense. And you talk about someone like Hendon Hooker, tremendous talent at quarterback. This is an interesting quarterback room now, not because of Jared Goff, but because there's an opera, there's an undrafted quarterback that I like, and there's two rookie quarterbacks that. I think are clearly better than their QB two and Nate Sutfield. So there's an opportunity for one of these guys to be their QB two, even as a rookie. Um, Cause I think the, the talent will supersede the experience of Sutfield. Yeah. You may not want two rookies backing up your veteran Jared Goff, but he has proven to be um, someone that can stay healthy. So you're really not too worried about Jared Goff missing time, but I think the talent will be too hard to ignore with hooker and how he pushes the ball vertically down the field, and the undrafted quarterback that we'll talk about later. Third round, they took Broderick Martin, a D-tackle from Western Kentucky. Fifth round, I love it. They went to the CAA and got my boy Colby Soresdahl from William & Mary. That could have been me one day. I almost went to William & Mary. And then seventh round, Antoine Green, a wide receiver from North Carolina. What do you got on those guys, Emery? Thorsdahl was my 15th offensive tackle, so I loved his game. You know, I gave him a 76 grade, which is a, a higher grade than most guys you're going to see 
coming from the FCS level. I thought his tape was excellent paired up with his tight end. We talked about his tight end uh, here. William Mary did a great job at the point of attack, which is why they had a fantastic season, went deep into the playoffs uh, this year under Mike London. Antoine Green, to me, is someone that I thought was critically underrated. Had a really high grade on him, too. Uh, I thought when you watch Josh Downs, his teammate, and you watch North Carolina, you're like, Green is on the other side, just putting in work and doing business. is always open. I feel like he has a chance here, especially with some of the suspensions early in the season, to make an impact even as a seven-rounder. But Sorazal, someone solid on both ends of offense as a tackle, can block in a run game, great in pass pro, had a really great week at the East-West Shrine Bowl. Fantastic prospect. Undrafted, guys? Adrian Martinez. I thought he did a, a really good job, not only – at the Hula Bowl, but also at the uh, NFL PA Bowl as well. I, oh, I could just double check because I, I went to all eight of these doggone all-star games. And I want to make sure. I know he was at the Hula Bowl and it was the NFL PA Bowl as well. But this is someone that can – I thought he looked better at Kansas State than he did earlier in his career at Nebraska. Him going to Kansas State kind of put him in the, that, hey, man, this guy actually has some 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 tools with him, some – Jacoby Brissettness in his game. And I think that's something that could play well in this quarterback competition between him, Sutfield, and Hooker. I feel like both guys can make an impact there. And I'm looking at Muhammad Ibrahim, fantastic running back out of uh, Minnesota. I know he had the injuries. I know he's a bit older, but you look at this running back room, there's an opportunity for him to really compete. So I feel like they did a great job just looking at this from top to bottom. Stephen Gilmore, forget the weight. He is someone that is always around the ball he was also down at the hula bowl he's legitimately 165 but this guy can play physical press you know skills uh for a guy that's that small in terms of his weight he's 5'9 about 165 but he is as competitive as his brother uh stefan gilmore but also does a great job in playing a position so i think this is an underrated uh free agent hall for them and also trevor nawaski out of saginaw valley state First of all, played in a great conference out there in the GLIAC, was athletic on both ends of defense in terms of how he played the run, how he moves in space, how he's able to cover in the passing game. This was an overall great class for Detroit. Thanks for the Detroit Lions for purchasing the football game plan in 2023 draft guide. Let's move on to the Packers. How about their Friday night? Musgrave, the tight end from Oregon State, Jaden Reed, the wide receiver, Michigan State, and then another tight end, Tucker Kraft from South Dakota State. This was great for Green Bay because they bulked up on, on at the position, at the wide position, the tight end position. Musgrave is someone I, I always talked about, uh, Quitoriano from Oregon State, who's now with the Texans. They didn't catch a lot of passes at Oregon State. That's not their offense, but they showed at the All-Star game circuit that they are very good receivers. Musgrave showed this at the Senior Bowl. Quitoriano did last year at the East-West Shrine Bowl. We saw him have success as a, as a rookie with the Texans. I think Musgrave is going to have success early on. Uh, with Jordan Love here with the Packers. And Kraft is someone we saw dominate at South Dakota State. Very good blocker, good catch-and-run guy, more of an inline guy than anything. But I think getting two tight ends to go along with uh, Josiah DeGore, who can now kick back to more of that natural fullback role, they were really able to bolster that position uh, in the loss of uh, Robert Tunyon, who's now moved on. Um, The rest of their picks – Colby Wooden, the linebacker from Auburn. Sean Clifford, the quarterback from Penn State. Dontavian Wicks, wide receiver from Virginia. He was like number 99 or something nuts. 
Carl Brooks, uh, they have him listed as a linebacker. I guess maybe he's playing outside backer uh, from Bowling Green. They took a kicker in the sixth round. Then Carrington Valentine in the seventh. Lou Nichols in the seventh. Anthony Johnson, a safety from Iowa State in the seventh. And Grant DuBose, a wide receiver from Charlotte in the seventh. Who jumps out to you there, Emery? Carl Brooks, number one, because we love Carl Brooks on this show, and we talk about how he can play anywhere across the front seven, even as a stand-up edge rusher as well. Some, someone that we're probably surprised. Uh, I don't want to speak for you, Ross, but I'm pretty sure I, I'm right on this, that we're surprised he fell down to the sixth round. They got themselves a really good player there out of Bowling Green. Both Wicks and DuBose are big physical wide receivers that have the ability to get vertical. Wicks is someone I had a high grade on, like a late first, early second round grade type. He was an 80 overall in my in uh, my rankings. Someone that I think has the ability to not only stack and track the football. He was my number two X receiver, put it that way, with an 80 grade. So very highly thought of him. And also do both out of Charlotte who can really get deep as well. So those guys, to me, will really help out this offense. And I'm a big Lou Nichols guy. I think he dealt with a lot of injuries this year at Central Michigan. But you go back to 2021, he had over 1,500 yards rushing in an offense with Jim McElwain that runs the football. So I like that fit for him. There's an opportunity for him to be RB3 behind Dylan and Aaron Jones. And you also look at some undrafted free agents that really stood out looking at their list. Benny Sapp out of Northern Iowa, really good safety, someone that can play on both ends. Deuce Watts out of Tulane had a really good hula bowl as well. He's another one that can really – get himself open quickly and find a way down the seam. He has some good acceleration and and ability to close on the ball. Let's get to last but not least, the Vikings. Round three, Makai Blackman, a corner from USC. Round four, another corner, Jay Ward from LSU. Then they took another Baton Rouge State University player, D-tackle Jacqueline Roy in the fifth round. Jaron Hall, the quarterback from BYU in round five. And Dwayne McBride, I was a fan of his watching him play. His balance, contact balance, the running back from UAB, Emory. They were thin on defense, man. And I feel like that's why you saw the heavy-handed approach on the defensive side of football, especially in the secondary. Jay Ward is someone that can give you some inside-outside versatility, as well as Blackman uh, out there as well. Roy is someone that helps strengthen you on the interior. He was really good up front for LSU as a nose tackle sort of D tackle type. And when you think about someone like Jaron Hall, again, older prospect, kind of like Hendon Hooker, dealt with some injuries at BYU, mostly concussions. But when he's out there on the field, he was a starter before Zach Wilson. Then he got hurt. Then Zach Wilson stepped in and became Zach Wilson. So he is someone to keep an eye on, man. And, and he had a really solid career at BYU the last two seasons he was able to stay out there for the most part but I think that's going to be his approach how can he attack Nick Mullins in that QB2 role what about on the undrafted part of it for those guys Andre Carter you covered a lot of his games at Army he went undrafted he signed a very good contract for an undrafted rookie free agent Um, if he can develop in his frame getting that football weight now he can focus solely on football I think they have someone who's who can skyrocket in terms of his stock. I forgot to mention Dwayne McBride, physical downhill runner, one cut downhill. You knew UAB was running the football, and they still couldn't stop him running the ball. But I feel like when you look at Andre Carter, Ivan Pace Jr., another highly productive player uh, for Cincinnati uh, as an inside backer. Both guys, on to me, defensively have a chance. And Cephas Johnson, I spoke about him a lot. He was a quarterback of Southeastern Louisiana. He is someone that I still feel like should be a quarterback. Gives you a little bit of what Colin Kaepernick did at Nevada. But the thing about him, he also was a receiver 
at Southeastern Louisiana, played a little bit receiver, alternate between that and quarterback at the College Gridiron Showcase, stood out to where he had a lot of scouts talking to him after practice each day, but he's now getting a tryout as a receiver. He signed as an undrafted free agent, so that's someone at 6'5", 225 pounds to keep an eye on. McBride didn't do very much in the passing game and had some injuries. I think that's why he didn't go till round seven. Um, you know, Pace, I think, is going to be really good on special teams. The Andre Carter one, I, I am still stunned that he did not get drafted. He had a really poor pre-draft process, really poor. But unlike these other guys, he doesn't leave West Point to go train. Right. He's still on West Point's campus doing the military stuff. So I'm surprised nobody saw past that because his junior year was absolutely uh, ridiculous. And he's got some unique length and movement skills. Make sure you check him out on social media at FBall Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube, and get the draft guide, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide, like the Lions clearly did. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.